Jesse Kamamford is one of 22 educators and teachers honored at the 2023 Commonwealth Bank Teaching Awards for their dedication and innovation in education presented by Schools Plus. Jessica has just joined us on NITV Radio in the sidelines of uh, receiving the accolade to run us through what it means to be recognized and also talk to us about the extraordinary work that she does and that has uh, earned her being acknowledged. Jessica, thanks for joining us on NITV Radio and congratulations on uh, winning a prestigious award. Thank you and thank you for having me. Which category were you uh, acknowledged in? Yeah, so the Early Career Teacher Award is what I received. So teachers that have been teaching for less than five years were eligible to um, nominate for that award. Uh, so I'm in my third year of teaching and um, was nominated by a colleague, but uh, yeah, then went on to receive that award. Third year of teaching, but uh, you've uh, achieved so much in uh, this uh, short time span. So in um, your bio that you've developed individual resources for students, and coordinate support for them from uh, local health agencies. We must also emphasize that uh, you teach in a particular area, a school with predominantly First Nations students. 100%, actually, 100% Yongwul students that are at Lanapoi Homeland School. So Lanapoi Homelands, we're situated in northeast Arnhem Land. We have our office in Nirikala, but our schools are spread out across 350 kilometers of northeast Arnhem Land. So we have nine different sites, and they're up to three hours drive away from our office. So we either drive, like four-wheel drive out on the Central Arnhem Highway, or we catch um, tiny little Cessna planes, like seven-seat planes out to community to help um, support education each week. So you would see kids hundreds of uh, kilometres from each other every day? Yeah, yeah. How do so we have, have how do a big team, it? big team of teachers that um, do it, and we have Homeland um, Yongul Centre teachers run school five days a week. So the Yongul teachers are there five days a week and visiting teachers um, come in for two or three or four days depending on how big the school is. So if there's only four students at some schools so they only get two days of support but then the Yongul teachers run the school for the rest of the week. How does one typical school day look like? Uh, How does it work for you commuting and working in those uh, conditions? We'll get to the airport at about 7.30 in the morning yeah. uh, and then most teachers will fly out for the week. Um, a few drive out to the closer homeland and then just school starts. It's just a pretty regular school day, um, except we have a really strong two-way curriculum. We have a strong um, Indigenous languages and cultures curriculum that is run and programmed by our Yongul Homeland Centre teachers. And then Yongle Homeland Centre teachers, they help support the maths and English program too. Because when kids turn up to school in homelands, that's the first time they hear, like they use English and have to use English, um, is when they're learning in English. And so the support that we get from Yongle Homeland Centre teachers is really integral to how we can run school and really helps us to deliver those programs. So even though they only take full ownership of that, um, Indigenous Languages and Cultures program. Yeah. They definitely support and really run the maths and, and English programs as well. It's also said uh, that uh, you use the Berry Street education model uh, and you've developed uh, game-changing resources and uh, training for <laughs> local Indigenous teachers. What's yeah. the Berry Street education model? 
So the Barry Street education model, it's used Australia-wide and in the States, actually, and UK. It's an education model that uh, helps inform teaching in a trauma-informed way. Um, a lot of students have trauma backgrounds in homeland schools, uh, have yeah. been affected by trauma in some way. And so uh, it just sets the, like, sets the theme for how we run education. So like, we start every day um, with a community circle which welcomes students into the classroom. We check in with how they're feeling for the day and then we um, launch into our teaching from there. It has different things with emotional literacy too. So recognizing your emotions and um, recognizing how, like what strategies you have to yeah. get from uh, like an angry emotion down to a calm, ready to learn emotion as well. The resources that we made, we've turned that ready to learn scale into a metaphor about water. So. When you're in the calm water, you're in a place that you're ready to learn. But perhaps if you're in the rough seas, you wouldn't be in a place that you're ready to learn and what strategies you need to get, you need to use to get back down to calm water. And uh, does uh, the water metaphor uh, resonate with them? Because they are from inland, uh, far removed from uh, the ocean. There's a range of homelands. So we've got definitely, we've definitely got a few homelands that are on the sea. We've yeah. got one on an island <laughs> and a few on the bay. The guppal metaphor, the water metaphor, it was already something that was in Yongle culture to describe emotions. So it wasn't something that we were uh, creating anew. We were just tapping into a metaphor that Yongle already use. It's not yeah. uh, some imported concept that will be uh, yeah. far removed from uh, their thinking and uh, their way of uh, appreciating and uh, looking at, at the world. Thanks to your work and uh, the innovative uh, approaches that you've uh, introduced in your teaching uh job. Attendance has uh, also significantly increased here by uh, a significant uh, percentage from 24.5% to 75% in just one year. Yeah, so that was one particular homeland. Yeah. Um, and it definitely wasn't just the work that I've done. There was, a, there was definitely a team effort. But yeah, they increased their attendance and school availability from 25 to 75% which is something that's um, quite extraordinary for those kids like, to have more access to school, uh, but also just for that teacher, to the teacher in that homeland centre to, to um, feel more prepared to teach as well. Yeah, and having received uh, this accolade, what does it mean for you and uh, where to from now? Um, for me, I get a, a full year of coaching mentorship from a mentor through Schools Plus. Yeah. Uh, and I also get money towards professional development. So professional development is quite hard to uh, access when you live in East Arnhem. And so I'll be able to um, get on a few online learnings uh, and, and do them. But then there's also yeah, a bit of money that I don't know what I'm going to do with yet, but we'll see where the year takes up. Uh, I'm interested in doing something that I can bring some young Homeland Centre teachers along with me so that we all have a learning experience. Yeah. Another question is, uh, you're not Indigenous yourself. No, no. And uh, what led you to choose to work in that uh, area specifically? You could have uh, worked as a teacher in uh, many other places across the country, but you chose that area. What uh, led yeah. you to Arnhem Land? Uh, I was doing university at RMIT in Melbourne, and I had the opportunity to do an additional placement um, through uni and I, I chose Homeland School to do the placement at and I came up and just I loved the experience and I loved that um, 
just how full of culture uh, the classrooms were. And so I had such a great time that when I um, went back home after my placement, I convinced my partner that we should move to East Arnhem Land and uh, that's where we ended up. It's just, I think the biggest draw card is just the incredible people that you get to work alongside and the amazing kids that you get to work with. It just, it's just such an incredible experience that it was a no-brainer for me to come up and work here. Any specific thing or experience uh, you'd like to share with us, experience teaching in a small uh, remote community? I think the connection. Yeah, like we have such a strong connection to community because we're when we visit, we live out in community. Yeah. And so, the, yeah, just the connection that we have with not just the students but their parents and families but also community members, it's just something that you wouldn't have in a mainstream school. Uh, and it's just such a special part of our role and a special part of the job, uh, and it makes it yeah it makes it quite incredible to work in. Yeah, oh, Jessica, anything else you'd like to add uh, to our conversation? Something we may have missed that uh, you may want to bring to the attention of our listeners? I think I've said it mostly. We have such a great experience working with Yongo and working alongside Yongo. They're just such a big and integral part of being able to run. We wouldn't be able to do it without our Yongle Homeland Centre teachers and uh, just their ability to welcome us into community and because we have quite a like, high staff turnover as well, so welcoming new new teachers into community each year and, but also um, just their flexibility to work alongside us and teach us the cultural things that we don't have any idea about. We feel so fortunate to be in this area and so privileged to be working in this in this setting. Well, Jessica Mumford, congratulations again and thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us on NITV Radio today. No worries. Thank you for having me.